Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. The United Kingdom is a great country. Never, never been a good bet to bet against America. Today on the Mid-Atlantic Podcast, we're thrilled to introduce our guest, Wayne Campbell, who is a visual artist and activist. Now, not necessarily the best platforms for us to have this conversation, but we're going to try. Campbell is a multifaceted talent in the film, broadcast and creative industries. Wayne's artistic journey has been marked by his creative flair across various roles, ranging from art, editing, in print, to filmmaking, photography, illustrating and scriptwriting. He's worked as an assistant producer at BT Sports and as an edit producer for Loose Women at ITV Studios. This exemplifies his diverse skill set. In addition to his professional pursuits, Wayne is a passionate educator, teaching film techniques and nurturing the next generation of storytellers. His latest work, the exhibition in Brixton, London, titled A Celebration of Demonstration, stands as a testament to his commitment to visual storytelling and social impact. This exhibition features a collection of powerfully framed photographs and illustrations accompanied by quotes from the 2020 BLM London demonstrations. It showcases his ability to capture and convey profound messages. Campbell has been a constant visual voice at the pro-Palestinian, Israeli, Congolese, Windrush and Covid demonstrations all over London recently. This reflects not only the empathy and emotion of the demonstrations he captures, but also the current trend in visual journalism. His approach to visual storytelling captures moments in time. Collectively, you are all conquering, all powerful. Politicians who fought tooth and nail against the ceasefire are now shocked and appalled by it. 
welcome to Mid-Atlantic, my friend. How are you today? I'm good, thank you very much. I'm going to start at the end, and we're going to get to the beginning, and then we'll have somewhat of a journey in between. You're in Brixton, and you're somewhat being fated by the Glitterati. What's all that about? I'm in Brixton. This is a space that I'm really comfortable and used to. When I was four or five years old, my mum used to drag me through the market, so I, I completely understand what what it feels like being here. And then to come back some years later with my, my, my exhibition, the celebration of demonstration, and have it nestled between frappuccinos and lattes feels really necessary. Brixton's, Brixton's evolved. It's, some people call it, it's been gentrified. But it's just changed, and change is inevitable. So to come back here with this body of work is incredible and, and just amazing. And it's really been celebrated and accepted by the local community. Why have you chosen to go into the world of photo activism? As I explained in my intro, you've done a lot of creative things. You worked in TV, film, etc. What was so significant about 2020, which uh, gave your creative bent somewhat of a tilt? My role as a, a, a creative activist has been with me for some years now. Uh, over the years, I've, I've, I've always wanted to give back in as much as working with marginalized communities, trying to get them to, to understand their voices. 2020, for me, was the straw that broke the camel's back. I suppose as far as my role in visual activism was concerned, I saw, as I'm sure we all did, and were horrified by the images of George Floyd being murdered in Minneapolis. And something snaps inside me. And I felt like I was being told that I needed to record this. So I rushed out with my two weapons, my two cameras, and started to shoot all of the anger. But what I realized is on this journey that there was anger and there was hurt and there was pain, of course, but there was also hope, love, understanding, and, and people's commitment to moving together to overcome and, and get through this, this horrible time. I felt like it was my duty. If you remember correctly, George Floyd was murdered. We were three months into lockdown and we were told to stay home and protect the NHS. I felt that I couldn't do that because... We were in a pandemic, but racism was my pandemic. And it would have been remiss for me to stay home and not take to the streets and film this. And in doing so, meeting with hundreds of thousands of other people who felt exactly the same way, black, white, young, old, male, female. It was an incredible time and a time that I will never forget. It's interesting you talk about it's not just the unjust murder of George Floyd. It's also the wider setting that we were all, all locked down. How important in terms of that visual representation is the wider context? Can we look at the picture? that don't necessarily mean yours. Those iconic ones of the 20th century, Martin Luther King, the Million Man March, or the immolation of that Buddhist monk. Uh, do we need to have that wider context to add that extra layer or can we just look at these pictures aesthetically and just say, these are great pictures? In terms of the proportion of knowing the setting, how, how would you put that in terms of the setting, the picture? I think racism and all things around race, as a black person, I can say that I don't feel that's changed. The biggest change in, in how we perceive race is that it's just been filmed more. 
So more stuff we're seeing on the internet. Every now and then, something will happen to re-energize the, the fire, if you like. And I think as marginalized communities, we are very much aware of how race plays in our lives. I was able to have a number of really necessary, comfortable, uncomfortable conversations with a lot of my white friends because there's so much stuff that just gets brushed underneath the carpet. George Floyd's tragic death was a catalyst for me as a person, how I interacted with some people. And it was also the trigger that promoted a lot of conversations around race, I found. And and that was necessary. We absolutely needed that. Every I, Will this change anything? We have moments where protests or conflicts are sexy or not. And when they are, if we can use the popularity of that, perhaps we can start conversations that we're not having, we need to be having, or we can just help to promote some kind of change. This book, this collection of work, if it makes one person think more clearly about their views on race, then... You say in what a, a lot of activists and agents for change say, if only one person, but surely you're going to be disappointed if only one person. If only one person bought your book, you'd been disappointed. You wouldn't have got your money back. If only one person bought a print, <laughs> no, you'd have been disappointed. And so let's not say that. We want more than one person. But you said something which I found re really interesting and quite insightful. You talked about demonstrations being sexy. Is there a language for demonstration? Because I, I look at your work and there is specifically, there's this one image, I'm sure it's your most popular one, where you got the woman with the big afro just holding up the sign. It's reminiscent of Angela Davis. It reminds us of the Black Panthers. So is there a visual language to taking a good photo of a demonstration? There absolutely is. I think as creators, we live through visual language. In the same way how you're able to identify a good book or a, a good recipe. I think being able to capture an image which tells a story of a people or of a moment or of a time, it's a skill, but it's also a way of, of sharing what we're going through. I, yeah, I did say that at my first demonstration I went to, there wasn't as many photographers as there were at the last one I went to. And why is that? Because I think... People are becoming more sensitive to the power of the visual language of activism. I'm sure there was a time when everybody just wanted posters of superheroes on their walls because that's what was popular at that moment. But right here, right now, I think people are paying more attention to politics. It's hard not to, actually. We're living in a society where there are so many conflicts and, and, and there are so many voices. So to take that and to create a visual dynamic that allows people to feel connected in some way. That's powerful and it's so important. How important is photo activism in terms of being a memorial, not only for the cause, but for marginalised communities claiming space? Give them a voice. I think any marginalised, disenfranchised community who feels that they are not being heard, for them to have something that allows them to amplify what they're trying to say can't be bad. It's a good thing. So one size doesn't fit all. And it's about finding something that works, that helps to tell your story, that that helps to get your struggle out into the open. 
visual activism, the visual language of photography, of film, or illustration, or anything creative. These are mediums by way by which we can speak to our audiences and and more power to them. We we have talked about marginalized communities, but let's say these were a bunch of white men. Would the language of the photography, the received language, be exactly the same? Do we see implicitly, let's say, people of colour demonstrating, and as people of colour, we automatically sympathise, empathise with them? And that is a big word for you and your work, empathy. If we were to see a bunch of white guys, and these could be truck protesters in Canada, in Ottawa, these could be those, the gilet protests in France. Would we still have the same response as people of colour to seeing white folks protest? I think, I think that's a bit of a loaded question because... It's a very loaded question. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but there are a number of different factors that you need to consider around that. And it isn't just race, it's class, it's politics. You spoke about more empathy. Behind me, what I've created in this space, I call it global empathy, where people come in and they add messages to the wall. And with some of the demonstrations that I've been on, it isn't just about the colour of the person. It's about the politics. It's about the energy. It really is about the energy and, and the politics, really. Being at a George Floyd Black Lives Matter protest or being at a pro-Palestinian protest or being at the COVID, say, demonstrations. For me as a photographer, my rules are, excuse me, you check your emotions and you check your politics at the door. You've got one job and your job is to take the best picture you can. And the only time that differs for me is when the energy in the space affects that dynamic, not the colour of people, not I hear you, but I think what I'm trying to really get at is the subtle decoding of the photographs. There is something for me which is hopeful about a demonstration which is multi-ethnic and multi-faith. That speaks to me on a very visceral level. It's hopeful about the future. I might agree that whatever needs to be changed needs to be changed, but I'm hopeful that it's been a coalition of people that have come to do that. My thoughts, feelings, and emotions are subtly different if I don't necessarily resonate with the, those group of people. Let's say it's a, a group of people all from one religion of which I don't share or cultures I don't share. I'm not anti them. I'm not necessarily pro them, but I have to inquire more as to what the message is. I think I hear what you, I hear what you're saying. And I have been at a demonstration where I felt, oh, the only word I can use to describe it was uncomfortable. And it's because I didn't agree with what they were protesting for. Okay. You know what? And I, I'm going to take back something I said earlier, because I said to you, you try to check your emotions and your politics at the door and just take the best picture you can. But that's not always the case because we are all activated. We all have a, a side. And for me, if I 
feel as if clear human rights violations are being made, it's going to make me feel uncomfortable. So yeah, politics, as best I try not to have them affect what I'm doing as a photographer, they sometimes do, 100%. How important, because this isn't street photography per se, where you just see something great happen and you just snap it. There is a certain level of staging sometimes. How does that work and how authentic can your work be if you are saying to somebody, you know what, can you just move over a little bit here? Let me get, get this little thing in the background and whatever and blah, blah, blah. There, there is a supposed energy and spontaneity, but you are also an artist. So yeah. h- how does that work in terms of truly conveying the emotion that you saw through the lens? It works. And yeah, you're right. There is a creative process that you go through. With my work, it's very reportage. So I, I may see something and just take it and it works perfect for what it is. Or I may see somebody and I think the picture is going to work better if they're looking straight at me. And on motion, I'll ask, is it possible I'll shake my camera? They'll say yes, let's hold up. Yeah. So I, I try not to labor it. And I think maybe that's just what I do. It's my mind is working at 200 miles an hour already as it is. So you try and see something and you try and capture it in situ and that's it uh, as best you can. Do we stage things? Stage is probably too strong a term to use. Do we ask people to move to the left or move to the right? Absolutely. But not all the time. Sometimes the setting is perfect and it works for what, for what you need. And sometimes you, you tweak it a bit. I suppose you've got Photoshop. No, never use Photoshop. <laughs> never. Actually, never. I actually never use Photoshop. I, I then, in all honesty, I try and get an image as close to when I finish with the image. I try to keep it as close to what I originally started out with. So wait um, a minute, you're shooting on black and white film, are you then, sir? I, I said close to. I said as close to. I feel one color, and and if anything, I'm just taking the color out. But that's about it. Stop being tricky. <laughs> One of the things I think is really fascinating about your work and the way that you are interpreting uh, these demonstrations is that you add a certain layer of, of illustration. Why have you done that? And what do you think that actually adds? With the, with the illustrations that I, that I work on, when I brought my book out, Celebration of Demonstration, I wanted not just to capture what I was seeing on the outside, but what I was feeling on the inside. And it, it was this um it was this kind of weird symbiosis of what I was seeing and what I was feeling. So one of the images of Afro activism, a woman with the Afro. If you look behind me, there's a the illustration of that image on the wall. And it represents my mental health. It represents once I took the picture, I I got home and I looked at it and the picture was powerful. But there was still so much stuff left inside. So I wanted to capture what my what my mental looked like, what my mental health was like at that moment. And I produced a series of illustrations called Strange Fruit after the band Billie Holiday record, which kind of spoke of growth and resilience. And and it was just powerful. Not just was it not only was it powerful, but it, it just felt so necessary. And it was my way of really fully telling the story. The pictures got Half of what I was trying to share and say, the illustration completely got the other half. What I was feeling, but yeah, it was it was a 
the, the process was multi-sensory, if you like. Who's been your inspiration in terms of art, photography, illustration? Oh, God almighty. I've got... Okay, you got almighty. <laughs> the greatest inspirers, the greatest form, the greatest people who have inspired me, um, people you probably have never heard of. One's a friend of mine, is there. his name's Aubrey Fagan. He's, a, he's another street protest photographer. His work has always inspired me and it's always pushed me. I, I, there are a collection of people who I take pictures with and who keep me honest. Another guy is a guy called Wayne Critchlow, who is, again, another street photographer. And what we do is we bounce off of one another. Yeah, I could reel off some top famous photographers, but their pictures may look good. Do they inspire me to a point, but not to the same degree as these people who I work with, I sit with, and I trawl the streets with? Because their work is the true inspiration behind my work. You're so angry. Yeah, yeah. I'm angry so because it's been going on forever. 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 Enough is enough. I'm a black male. I've gone through this my whole life. Never asked for any of it. It's a big problem, but the smaller problems that go on every single day, that people need to understand that this is how small problems become big problems. I can't have my daughter walking around thinking this is okay. This is not okay. It's definitely not okay. And I don't want her to feel like anywhere she goes in the world, from today onwards, it's going to be a problem for her. Black lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. But right now we're focusing on black lives matter. All lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. What is it like for you being a young black man here in the UK? It's not easy. Like, the amount of times like I've been like stereotyped. Amount of people be stereotyping me and stuff. Although I'm I'm not black and I I won't experience you know racist comments. I feel guilty that I've not done anything vocally to help the people who are oppressed and they've been oppressed for so long and they deserve so much more. And it makes me emotional because that everyone matters. Parts of the streets have been brought to a standstill. People in their cars blowing their horns. There's a even on a budget. Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Famous saying that the medium is the message, but the medium also needs some level of virality, doesn't it? It needs some level of promotion. Your images are powerful because you have the book and the gallery. It's not just the images, isn't it? How important was for you getting together the book and the gallery in terms of getting a wider audience? I've always considered myself to be a Ferrari with wooden wheels. <laughs> and if not for, first of all, the exhibition, nobody would have known who I was. As simple as that. The book has opened up a whole new audience to my work. The book has, which which came out in uh, October last year, was for me the big push that I needed to introduce myself to to the world. My previous, and don't get me wrong, I've taken some amazing pictures in the past, but they just sit on a bookshelf. Now, I feel the type of work I'm doing and where it's going can be and in some cases has worked to inspire other people and to show them that everything's possible. My book self-published, I designed it myself, I did all the illustrations myself, I did all the pictures and it was necessary. I couldn't find or figure out another way of getting this stuff out there otherwise. I'm here doing this because I chose to fight to do it and sometimes it's easier to just let go. This was too important. Wait to report. So the book, the gallery space, incredibly important. It's now given you a platform. Are you now being invited along to launches of exhibitions and having volivants <laughs> with the art crowd in London? Are, are you now kicked on to another level? The Glitterate? Absolutely not. I've not been, I've not been invited to one exhibition yet. So if anyone's watching that as uh, the opening of an envelope, please let me know. Um, but what it's actually done is it's pointed out that there are there is more stuff that I need to do, and I'm talking around um, and I'm going to call this global empathy. I am so keen to get people involved in the power of protest, the power of activism. I grew up in Brixton, so when I was when I was four or five years old, my mum used to drag me kicking and screaming through the mark. So I understand what activism looks like in this environment. I, I lived through the riots and 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 I've seen what Brixton, what it was like. So to bring this this gallery space, this exhibition of activism back to Brixton and but to have it nestled between frappuccinos and lattes feels like it's made it more relevant. Feels like that Brookson has a rich history of, of activism. For me, it's the most activated part of this country. To come back here is necessary, it's needed. Least we forget. The book has been put together because it's necessary. Least we forget. If I get invited to any exhibitions, please remember my name's Wayne Campbell. I'll be there to promote what comes next. And there's so much more work. This is just the beginning. There's a hell of a lot more to be done. Not just for me, but for the community and for other people who are really interested in finding out more about 
their democratic right to use their voices. And you have used the space actually as a community hub, haven't you, specifically for for empowering the community? Give us a sense of how that's happened. Absolutely. What I'm trying to create here is a a tiny death concert space, if you're familiar with that concept, but for protest. I want to have a, a rotating calendar of monthly speakers in this space. People like Akala, like Greta Thunberg, we're even aiming as high as Barack Obama to come and talk in this space about all things protest, the, the environment, uh, racism, the state of our democracy. I want there to be other visual activists having their work up on the wall, other photographers. I, I think if we're able to create an environment, a hub where people can come along share, listen, learn, laugh, cry, understand and communicate their protest, their activism. That will be amazing. We're living in, oh wow, just polarizing times where our politics, I'm not sure how much they're working for us with regards to shining the light and our rights to, to demonstrate and to protest. But I think we need to remember that we have those rights and that we need to remember that if we don't use them, we'll lose them. This is hopefully going to enable people to to remember and to come and to share. You, you sit at a, a really interesting kind of juxtaposition because on, on the one hand, you are promoting whoever is demonstrating. And then you're also reporting on the fact that this thing has actually happened. Have you ever gone to a demonstration and maybe had your views changed, ameliorated, deflected? by what you've seen or heard. Absolutely. When I initially came up with the idea to create a safe space for protest, I wanted to have a space where all protest was welcome. I, I felt it would be it would be a good space to, to have people debate all matters of, 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 of protest. What I've come to realise is that is never going to be possible. Not really, because we all lean... In, in a certain direction. I was invited along to a, a demonstration, a pro-Israeli demonstration some weeks ago, which I went and took some pictures at. And I think to have a rule to check your politics and your emotions out of the door, go into a situation just to take the best picture you can, 95% of the time that works. And you go there and I hide behind my cameras and I'm just taking pictures and you position or bully yourself into positions where you can get the best shot. But the thing that maybe I, I wasn't looking at was the power of energy. And it does, energy does help me to decide what works and what doesn't work. We have a sense, we have a feeling. And and I, I came back and I, I took some wonderful pictures at this demonstration and it was... it. As far as demonstrations go, the people were lovely. They, they didn't have any issues with, um, with what I was seeing. It was just what I was feeling. That didn't work for me. And then when I came back to the space, I realized that this whole idea of being comfortable with everybody's politics, it, it's not going to work because I'm not. And I, and I don't think, I don't think we, we are comfortable with everyone's politics. We're comfortable with our politics. And that was a powerful lesson, was a really insightful and powerful lesson for me. 
there are things which aren't going to work for this space. And I get that. And I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, it's been a part of the journey. It's been a part of my learning. So you're kind of getting back to something I was hinting at at the start, that there is a filtration process, um, <laughs> which isn't just who is protesting, but also what they're protesting or railing against. And it's so you're not a reporter, though. There's part of what you do is to, to report and to bear witness to a demonstration. If I'm going to take my camera to a to a demonstration give me three hints and tips so i can take great pictures and maybe i can set up a little gallery in, in brixton in handworth because i'm in birth <laughs> and become the next wayne cattle three handed tips know your equipment don't overpack don't turn a, a hundred lenses have an idea about what works for you okay so one know your equipment two bring a snack and some water Oh man, the amount of times I've been caught out at a demonstration where you're caught in a crowd and, and you're hungry and you need something to eat. So bring a snack and some water. Three, don't be afraid to to ask or to ask someone to their picture or to put yourself in front of somebody to get the shot. And, and be clever about it. Be be clever about it. You're in a hundred. Struggle with that last intent tip to be clever, mate. handle that talking about equipment the smartphone is completely democratized photography in what way does that give us different types of images the fact that somebody can just whip out their phone and not only just take a picture maybe take a a little a a short video there's no wrong or right way i would argue smartphones again quick and easy light and there's no faffing around i think with with some with the way I work, I know I love to work with long lenses, for example, so I can create this sense of depth, foreground, midground, and background. And you're not going to get that with a smartphone, not entirely. It works different for me having or knowing and understanding what my tools are, so I know what shots I'm going to get. But yes, some people are going to be like smartphones. Perfect for me. It's also going to give you a sense of authority in that space, though, isn't it? If, without wanting to be too phallic about it, you whip out a big long lens and people know you are a photojournalist as opposed to somebody who's just got a phone. More people are more likely to say yes in terms of their picture being taken if you whack out a big telephone. Yes, and not only that, but one of the things that I've realised is that you have to be, with your big camera, a bit bullshit. If I'm walking through the crowd and it's people I can make, I'm holding both my camera saying, excuse me, and people part out of the way. Or if I'm trying to get into a photographer's enclosure, sometimes the people who let you in, they may know you, recognize you, or you try and blag your way in. But having a camera can get you into and out of situations. Yeah. And also get you into creating a great book, having a gallery in Brixton, and being the toast of South London. Wayne Campbell, thank you for coming on to Mid-Atlantic. Thank you for inviting. Hopefully, we've done justice to such a visual medium on an audio platform. But there is also the video which will go up on YouTube. Tell everybody again what the book is, where they can get it, and where the gallery is. The book is called A Celebration of Demonstration, and it's available online shop, which is www.wakfu.com. W A 
Nancy for Charlie F O O dot com. Or you can come and meet me in person at my pop up gallery in Brixton Village, which is a unit 24 Market Row, Brixton Village, off Cold Harbor Lane or opposite the Black Farmer. So please come down and not only are we selling books, but we're selling postcards and, and prints as well. And you get to add to the wall of empathy, which uh, we're going to be rolling out in, in schools as well. So please come down, take the time, invite your friends, tell your friends, spread the word, celebration of demonstration. That's been me, Royfield Brown. And as I just said a minute ago or so, we now have a YouTube channel. If you listen to the podcast, a good few thousand of you download every episode, go on to YouTube, type in Mid Atlantic Podcast, and then you will see me and how hesute or how bald I am. And you'll see how wondrous and how like Spike Lee my guests look. So there you go. Log on to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, tell a friend. We always say this at the end of every episode. Left to send the politics is right thinking politics. Take care. Look after yourselves. Bye bye. Hands up, don't shit. Hands up, don't shit. Hands up, don't shit. Hands up, don't shit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.